Hey. hey, let's preach. Let's do it. Uh, Matthew 9. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said, No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. And neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Okay, I'm going to let you in on something. Uh, let people in first service in on it. I'll let you on it too. Um, hey, I feel a little bit lost right now. Legitimately. Legitimately. Does anybody else feel a little bit lost right now? Are y'all with me? Some of y'all are with me. Okay. I'm feeling it a little bit. I got to be honest, like I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to have the answers, but I got like the, this past week, I'm like, is, does God even exist? Like, does, is God real? Like, I'm feeling that way, like legitimately feeling that way. Um, and you know, like I love this community. I'm glad that we have a calling in this community, but sometimes it's hard and I lack clarity and I feel spiritually lost this week. I just want to let you all know. Anybody else ever feel spiritually lost? Let me know I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Relationships are hard. I feel a little bit lost in, in my relationships right now. Where are my committed couples, my married people? Where are you? It's hard, right? It's hard. Some people tell us, they say to us, hey, should I get into a committed relationship? And I say the same thing to them every time. I say, have you ever played blackjack? And they go, no. And I go, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you anyway. And then I say, I say you have an 18, and the dealer's showing a 2. And there's a 57% chance this is all going to work out. But there's also a pretty good chance it's just all going to blow up. Like... And people are like, well, thanks for that. That was not helpful. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's it, right? Like, that relationships are hard. That's what it feels like sometimes, right? I feel lost sometimes in our relationships. If you have kids, you feel lost. You just do. And those of us who have kids who say we don't feel lost, we're lying. Don't trust us. <laughs> um, and, you know, shout out to my, my parents. Where are my parents who got their kids to church today? Nice job. Nice job. Because there's a bit of lostness. There's a bit of lostness in raising kids. There's a bit of lostness. You know, I like legitimately I'm feeling lost in these ways right now. And I'm feeling lost in terms of, um, why, why can't we have hobbies anymore? Like, I feel lost about that. Like, we cannot color a page in a coloring book without, like, trying to monetize it or, like, get influence around it. Like, we can't. It's awful. Like, what is going on with us? My kids, they play lacrosse and gymnastics. They love it. All day Friday, I'm looking for the most elite camps I can find in the summer so they get scholarships to college. They're in sixth and fifth grade, y'all. Like, and I was like, hey, do you want to go to this camp? And they're like, we just want to have fun in the summer. I'm like, no. No. That's dumb. But I feel lost. I feel lost that we can't have hobbies anymore. Whew. Nationally, it was a big week, right? I took Kobe Bryant's loss hard. I did. I'm a big sports fan. I took that loss really hard. I think maybe because I have daughters too, right? I took that loss hard. But there's a lot of complicated feelings in it, right? Uh, there's legacies that are complicated in that. There's triggering things that are complicated in, in Kobe's legacy. And then, you know, part of me is like, well, I may, do I feel this way? Because I'm confused in that grief. I'm confused in that grief. I don't quite know what to do with it, right? And so that feels hard. I feel lost. And then this country, I just feel lost, you know? It's no longer the country that I thought it was. And I think some of y'all see what happened this week in our country and are like, this is the way it's always been for us. Welcome to the club, straight white privileged man. <laughs> right? But yeah, this is like, this is hard, right? I feel a little bit lost. 
my dad, my dad memorized this poem, and sometimes it bothers me that she memorized this poem. I don't know why. Maybe because you, sometimes we just are bothered by our parents. But, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, uh, she, she, she says it all the time, and I actually love it. I think it's a great poem. It's appropriate today, and it goes like this. Stand still. The trees ahead and the bushes beside you are not lost. Wherever you are is called here. You must treat it as a powerful stranger. You must ask permission to know it and to be known. The forest breeze, listen, it answers. I have made this place around you, and if you leave it, you may come back again, saying, here. No two trees are the same to the raven. No two branches are the same to the wren. If what a tree or a bush does is lost on you, you are surely lost, but stand still. Stand still. The forest knows where you are, and you must let it find you. Stand still. That is the dumbest advice ever. <laughs> Stand still. Uh, in our Becoming series, the thing I love about our Becoming series is I love the fact that we have this, I talk about it all the time, we are ushering in a new iteration of Christianity. And I think we're all doing that together as a community. And we've done that communally, we've done it uh, theologically, we're doing it personally. Personally speaking, what do we do as, pers as Christ followers uh, with this new iteration of Christianity? How do we operate when some of the old ways of Christianity don't make sense anymore? And so we said, hey, stop blaming other people. That's a good thing. Uh, stop being good, right? Christianity is not about morality. Stop being good. We talked about, hey, um, quit trading in one form of fundamentalism for another form of fundamentalism. That doesn't work either. Last week, if you were here, I said, hey, quit being certain. That went over well with a lot of y'all. And then this week, what I want to say, I want to say that I think we're going to usher in this new iteration of Christianity when we just stop trying to keep control. I'm going to say it a different way for the rest of this service, though. We're going to usher in a new kind of Christianity. We're going to become mature believers in Jesus when we recognize that lost is a place, too. Lost is a place, too. That's what we need to do. We need to recognize that. And right now, there are a bunch of us feeling lost. And it brings us back to Jesus. And I love this, this wineskins uh, comment that Jesus makes for a variety of reasons. But this is sort of what I gleaned from it this time around. Um, first of all, you have Jesus' disciples and you have John the Baptist's disciples. Now, uh, they're meeting each other. And what I'm about to tell you is historically accurate. They're like the Jets and the Sharks from West Side Story. Okay? <laughs> and so... It's historically accurate that when Jesus' disciples and John the Baptist's disciples met each other, they met each other like this. <laughs> that's what they did. And, uh, and that's it's in our Bibles. And so when they did that, when they did that, they, um, you know, John the Baptist's disciples came up and they're like, how come you guys don't fast? Now, here's what they're, here's what they're basically saying. What they're basically saying is, is they're saying, hey, we know what it takes uh, to be good God followers, right? And, and so we want to play it safe. And we're going to play it safe because we don't want to get outside or out of bounds. Uh, we don't want to go to a place where we feel lost. So, so basically, we fast because we know fasting works. What about you? Why aren't you doing that? Right? Because in that context and in that culture, lost had the same connotations that lost has for us, especially in a religious context. Right? And, and in that, uh, lost meant the same, same things that I think some of us grew up with. If somebody wasn't quote-unquote saved, they were lost, right? They're lost. We say, oh, they're lost. If someone is morally questionable, they are lost. If somebody, uh, uh, you know, has another religion, they are lost, right? So we've, we've made lost into this thing um, that says, you're over here, you're on the outside, good luck, uh, but you got to get back. I can't, I can't find you, right? Lost has become a bad thing. 
And what Jesus is talking about, they say, why don't you fast? Why don't you do the safe things that keep you from being lost? What Jesus is basically saying here, he's like, no, no, you don't get it. You see, God is doing something brand new. There is going to be new wine. Like that is happening. It's something that you can't even comprehend, that you can't fathom. And the truth of the matter, the only way, the only way that you're going to get that is to go ahead and be lost for a while. In fact, the only way you're going to get that is if you have time to sit in that and make some new wine skids for what's coming, right? So what Jesus is saying is he's saying, you know what, forever and ever, John the Baptist disciples, forever and ever, you have sat there and you said, this is safe and good change is going to come by remaining safe. When does good change ever come by remaining safe? When does good change ever come by not being lost? When does good change ever come by not drastically changing something up? And what Jesus is saying is like that new wine, that good change, that doesn't come unless you're willing to just be out there for a minute freaking out. That's when the good stuff comes, because that's where we make the new wineskins. The beauty of Jesus' message is in Luke chapter 3, no, 2, when Jesus, he's like, all right, I'm going to go start my ministry. And he's like, where are you going to preach first? He's like, I'm going to the desert to be lost for 40 days. And I'm going to go come face to face with all the things that give me security and comfort. I'm going to come face to face with status. I'm going to come face to face with, with you know, being cared for and fed, right? And I'm going to come face to face with job security, right? I'm going to come face to face with all those things and be tempted around them. And I'm just going to be lost in them and tell you that no, I have no clue what's going on because that's actually what's going to inform this new wine that's coming my way, right? And so when John the, the, when John the Baptist guys come around, he goes, yeah, go ahead and play it safe all you want. No new wine's coming your way. I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm, I'm building some new wineskins. But the thing is, whenever we're lost, you know what's key? Resistance. Y'all, we hate being lost. Resistance. Oh, that even makes me tired thinking about resistance, right? And so what we do, we resist change. How many people have ever tried something new? You try something new in a business, in government, and in a school, or with friends, whatever the case may be, and every time we attempt to make drastic changes, what happens? We come and we hit up against people who don't want to see that change take place because we don't want to see change uh, take place because then we lose our uh, ability to be familiar, and in many cases, our ability to continue to have power. Right? We don't like that change. We don't want to see that change happen. So what we do is we sidestep the change. We sidestep the lostness. How do we do that? Oh, by going backwards. Who are my backwards people? You go backwards when you're lost. I am. I'm a backwards person. You know what I do? I revert back to like my 19 or 20 year old self. Like legitimately. Like I'll like freak out. I'll, I'll be anxious. I'll be worried about something, and I'll go back and just start making stupid, irresponsible decisions like my 19, 20 year old self did. And my wife will say to me, why are you doing that? And I'll say, because at least it's familiar. At least I know what to expect there. At least I know who I was then. And maybe it wasn't the best thing in the world, but at least I know that, uh, what, what, what that looks like and what that feels like. You see, it's safe over there. And I resist the change. I resist feeling lost by going backwards. And sometimes we also go backwards. We were big fish in small ponds, right? And we go back to that time and we had some of the accolades. We won't push ourselves forward, but we'll keep going back. Or what about relationships? The people that we should not be with, like 100% not be with, all of a sudden we're like, I really miss them. We were great together, <laughs> right? You do that. You do that because it's scarier to be lost. It's scarier to move forward. We don't want to move forward. We're afraid of that thing, right? So we move backward. I mean, that's exactly what's happening in our country right now. I mean, absolutely. People are like, oh my gosh, you mean there's been systems in place in our country that hurt people? And the climate is changing and the environment's changing? Oh no, I don't want to deal with that. I got it, let's make America great again. 
oh, I got it. Let's go back to the time when I didn't know that systems actually hurt people. I'm just going to bury my head in the sand because it was good for me, right? And so I'm going to let me do that. Or let me go back to when climate change didn't make any sense, right? Or, or, or I didn't know about climate change. And I have to worry about it and keep doing those same things because that was good for me at that time. Let's just go backward, right? So that's what we end up doing. We go back. Whew. Then we go forward as well. And by going forward, I mean what we do is we're never actually present. We're never actually present. What we do is we decide that we are going to take, take, take. We become locusts. What's the thing that's good for me? What's the thing that's going to stop me from being lost that's actually going to edify me? And I'm going to keep filling myself up till I can't fill myself up anymore. Then I move to the next thing. New Yorkers, we're great at that. We are great at that. We are great at that. Um, and some of us in this room, myself included, I'll call myself out. Before we even set foot on soil in New York City, we say, I'm going to be here until it doesn't make sense any longer, then I'm going to leave. Right? We do that. Right? I'm going to be here until it no longer edifies me. I'm going to be here until I can no longer get what I need, or I'm going to have kids, or whatever the case may be, and then I'm going to leave this place. Right? Because we're just taking. We're just taking from it. This makes me happy up until this point. We do it with relationships. It makes me happy up until this point. We do it with jobs. We do it with, we do it with church. Hey, this church has been great. Well. Jonathan says, I'm dumb. See you. You know, like, that's what we do. Like, we do it until it doesn't make sense anymore, right? And then, and, and what we're doing is, like I said, a locus is one way to look at it. I think another way to look at it is we're addicts. You know, when we sit in our lostness, when we sit in our lostness and deal with it, we recognize that change is hard and painful and it hurts and it's terrible, and we'd rather be addicts than to do that. We'd rather go search for the next good thing, the next big thing, the next thing that makes sense. Stand still. Stand still. No. I don't want to stand still. Loss is really hard. And so what we do when there's loss and when there's grief is instead of actually just stopping and grieving and being lost in our grief, we start fighting with other people who are grieving, right? And we start putting attention on the little things, the things that don't necessarily matter. That's resistance. That's us going, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to agree. I, the real thing I need to do is be lost in this grief, but instead I'm going to fight here. I'm going to get upset about this. I'm going to do that. And what we are being told in this scripture is every single time we stop, and every single time we decide, you know what, I'm going to sit in this for a minute, new wine is being created. God is up to something in our, in our lives. There's, there's something new that's happening. There's a new calling that takes place. There is going to be new wine, and it's going to be good, but first we've got to stop and make the wine skin. Right? That's what it's about. <sighs> um, I've used this analogy before, but I'm going to use it again because I think it's a good one. And I'll probably use it until you're bored by hearing it. <laughs> I grew up on the, on the ocean, so the ocean's my, that's my, that's my place. Y'all got your place? The ocean is my place. When I grew up on the ocean, the, the, one of the things you learn when you're young is, uh, is that there are riptides. Y'all ever hear of riptides before? Riptides are scary, right? So what happens with a riptide is like you're swimming, and all of a sudden, like, this current just comes usually down by your feet and starts to pull you out. And it starts to pull you out. And what happens when it starts to pull you out is you start to freak out because it's going to take you 20, 30 yards out into the ocean. And so what you do is you panic and you start to swim forward. Now, here's the thing about panicking and swimming forward. You can't beat that current. That current can't be beat. And so when you start panicking and swimming forward, you get tired. And when you get tired, you drown. And that's how you die, right? And so what you're taught is when you live on the ocean, you're taught against everything in you. When you feel that riptide coming, you let it pull you out. And it goes against every inclination that you have. 
But you, you feel it and you go, okay, I'm going for this ride. And you go out into the water and it's the scariest thing and everything in you is going, fight this, fight this, fight this. And yet you know, if I fight it, I die. If I let it take me out, I'm going to live. And then what you do is you don't try to go back in. You swim side to side. Because at some point, usually within a few yards of where you're swimming, you're going to find it where the current isn't very strong, and then you can get back in. But in order to get back in, you got to let it pull you out. You see where I'm going with this obvious, obvious thing? <laughs> if we are going to be Christians who, who are ushering in this new iteration of Christianity, then for us, lost is a place too. Lost is a really important place. Lost is a really valuable place. Lost is the place where we actually see new wine being made. Lost is the place where God is like, good, I got you where I want you. Good things are about to happen, right? And maybe it happens in really bad ways. Maybe there are circumstances that are incredibly painful and they hurt, and that's not God's will. But what God's up to is God's going, when you are lost, I'm going to help you in this. I know it wasn't in the circumstances that you desire, but new wine is coming because you're willing to sit in this. Can we sit in our lostness? And if we can sit in our lostness, then I think there are three things, three practical things that I think we need to do. Stand still, right? Lost is a place too. Here's what we do. Let's stop shooting ourselves. I'll say that again, clearly. <laughs> stop shooting yourself. Last Tuesday when I wrote this message, I was going through a lot of feelings and I wanted to quit this job and I wanted to cry and I wanted to take a nap and then I wrote this and I was thrilled. I was like, stop shooting yourself. I am clever. I was like, what a clever human being I am. Pat myself on the back and did a little dance. Anyway. You know what? I should. I should. You know what we're really good at doing? Men, where are, my, where are my people who identify as men? We're really, really great at telling people what they should do. I got a solution for you, is what we say. Because we do have solutions, and they're good ones. <laughs> but that's just capitalism, no joke. That goes back to like, the idea that, you know, that we've got to monetize everything or find influence in everything. The shoulds are ridiculous. Stop shooting yourself. The thing that we need to do... Stop, stop, stop thinking that you should do something. <laughs> that, that, that's just a lie. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what Satan is, but I think Satan is the accuser in that sense, that we're not doing enough, right? Because I think what Satan recognizes is when we actually stop, and we stop and we're lost for a little bit, that's when God has the new wine thing happen. And I think Satan's like, no, 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 you should be doing this thing instead. And we believe that wholeheartedly, especially in this city, where, where we think life might pass us by if we actually stop for a second. Stop, you don't have to do anything, there's nothing you should be doing. There's no solution that has to make sense right there at that time in that moment. And so once you realize that you should stop shooting yourself, last time I'm going to say it, <laughs> then stop. Slow down. A couple weeks ago, I had a stomach virus. <laughs> nothing out of you. <laughs> I had a stomach virus last week, and it was on a staff meeting day. And not only was it a staff meeting day, it was also a newcomer's dinner, which I love going to newcomer's dinners. And I had to cancel both things, and I felt incredibly guilty. Anybody get that? Like, you're sick, you can barely stand up, but you feel incredibly guilty, right? So I felt incredibly guilty. And I felt sick, and things weren't going well, my body wasn't doing what it should be doing. But finally, I got to a place where I could lay down, and I lay down for five hours, and I slept. Lay down for, and I got up, and I watched a movie the whole time, just trying to, like, get rid of the guilt and just being present with me. And eventually, I was present, 
And then I was like, it took a stomach virus for me to actually stop. Like, that's what it took. And I think many of us are in that same boat. You know, God's going to make new wine using us, and it doesn't have to happen when we have stomach viruses. Okay? We can make time to actually stop. And in making time to stop, there's a lostness that happens. Oh my gosh, I'm going through terrible grief. Now that I stop, I realize the grief that I'm going through. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to recognize things about myself that I don't like. I, need, I should be doing something else. Oh my gosh, I, I, I got to get this figured out. No, you don't. You need to let it take you out. We need to let it take us out. And we need to get comfortable in the lostness. There are no shoulds anymore. Slow down. Be lost in community. Be lost in community. Uh, somebody who's gone to this church for about seven years, last week, I finished my message, I came up, I said, how are you? And he goes, I don't think I should be doing the work I'm doing anymore, but I don't know what to do. And man, that was refreshing. That was refreshing. Because in this, in this city, we always have to have it figured out. Right? In this city, the I don't knows, the, the oh no, the, the I, I, you know, if we don't have that five-year plan, we feel like, oh, we've, we've messed it up. We've lost it. It's a lie. It's a lie. Be, say I don't know together in community. The thing I love about this church, the thing I love about each of you, seriously, no joke, is that I can stand up here and talk about how I'm lost. And for the most part, y'all are like, good. <laughs> be there. Be there for a minute. And that's when God starts to do things in community. That's when God uses our community to usher things in because God's like, good, the, the sooner that you can talk about it, the sooner that you can open up about it, the sooner you can confess it to one another is the sooner that I get to make new wine from y'all. Right? That's the beauty of this. So be lost together. Tell each other that you don't have it figured out. And when you sit with that person, I'm especially talking to some of us who identify as guys, when you're sitting with that person, don't give them a solution, even though it's brilliant. <laughs> I love that people are rolling their eyes at me. <laughs> Sit in it. Be comfortable letting it pull you out. Be comfortable knowing that you're going to have to swim side to side for a bit. And do it together. Church, we can do this for one another. We can make new wine together. And here's the thing. For those of us who have kids, we're sitting there going, yeah, tell me when I have time to do these things you're talking about. People in our church without kids help people. Help our families. Help our communities. Step up. Be like, I have time. I got a couple hours to take care of your kid for a little bit. I promise it won't be the end of the world, okay? Let's be lost together. Being lost together means new wine gets made. And in our grief, especially, especially in a tough week where I'm grieving, where others are grieving, ooh, the best thing we could do is be lost. The best thing we can do is sit in that grief and say, life sucks, I don't quite get it. God, are you real? Because this is painful. And that's where God's in the contradiction, because every time I don't think God exists, God's in there making new wine in my life. And God's in the joy and God's in the sadness and the laughter and the tears. God's in both of those things. When things are going incredibly well, God is there. When things aren't going well at all, God is there. When Jesus is, is, is you know, showing us what life looks like and life is amazing, God is there. And when Jesus is on a cross dying, God is there. When Jesus is resurrected, God is there. And we see that God is in our lostness too. You see, we are going to answer our calling as Christians when we recognize that lost is a place too and then we are lost together. That's when it's going to come. That's when it's going to happen, when we recognize that God is a God of contradictions. So hear this, and close your eyes if you need to. Hear that, hear that wherever you are, right now, in this place, is here. And treat it as a powerful stranger. Ask its permission to know it and to be known. And then when we leave it, come back again to it and say, here. 
Because no two trees are the same to the raven, no two branches are the same to the wren. If what a tree or bush does is lost on you, you are lost. It's okay. Stand still. The forest knows where you are. Let it come and find you. Let it come and find you. Lost is a place too. Amen? Then let's pray. God, (laughs) thank you for showing us that lost is good news. Thank you for showing us that lost actually gets things done. Thank you for showing us that you work in us when we are lost. Thank you for showing us that you haven't abandoned us when we are lost. Lord, help us to have the courage to be lost more often. Help us to go against what everything else wants us to do and be lost. And God, when we can't figure it out, when we resist, we fight against it, thank you for the grace that comes through your son, Jesus. Pray all these things in your name. Amen.